First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos, Strasvoita, and welcome back to your favorite weekly podcast, the Two Beers Podcast, the pot of the everyman, and we really are the pot of the everyman this week. I'm Jordan, here with Drew. We're both working our butts off at work, family stuff. We're both exhausted, but guess what? The everyman does not sleep. Roll up your sleeves and get it done. Here we are. We got too much to talk about, too much binging, too much sports. Let's go. Drew. I just want to start off and apologize to Mike Coppinger for the uh, the tirades that I caused today on Twitter for him <laughs> as he released his his pal for pal list. And I, I if anybody's used to it, it's him. Let, <laughs> let, let's let's be honest. I I had to. I've never. I, I'm surprised I even figured out how to do this. I've never muted a conversation before. I, I had to. I had to mute the thread because I just was getting like. So many notifications. Like I just sent like a, a little tweet, and I look. I didn't look at my phone for like six hours, and I had like sixty notifications. I'm like, what is going on? I just assumed it was you know the AEW Rampage, uh, you know, ratings, and no, it was just random people that saw my tweet and Copper's response and went off. So quite a day, quite a day. Lovely, lovely. Let's just get um, right into it, bro. Crack them, crack them if you got them. Assume positions for the world famous two Bruce salute. Three, two, one. Oh, Lord, I need this. Um, I, same one I had last week, finishing these off the double IPA um, with the uh, Arboretum brew, the in the trees, dudes up in the trees hitting a, b- a golf ball. Let's go. What you got, Drew? Uh, Lagunitas, a little something IPA. Yeah, a little something. We all need a little something, something from time little to something, time. Something. Uh, you know what I haven't seen in a couple years now? Lagunita sucks. Are they still making that? I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, so good. So, um, um you know, what, right. you know what I hadn't seen in a long time? Canelo lose a boxing match. Nine years to be exact. Wow. Down goes Frazier. Down oh, goes Frazier. Uh, well, we can't say that we saw that coming. Uh, definitely not. Uh, there were. Our, our boy uh, Carson Mark over at the Porterway Podcast, he saw it coming. But, Man, uh, Barry, he, he he deserves a Barry Horowitz for oh, a few he's, months. He's given himself a Barry Horowitz it is almost as much as we did on last year's uh, two-for-one two when Tori <laughs> predicted the finals. So, Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, – man, I – it was really it was really funny. Before the fight, uh, when uh, – as as Bivol was getting or Bivol is it Bivol or Bivol? I guess who cares? Yeah. If you want correct pronunciations, this isn't Not the podcast, podcast for you. you. We'll call it, we'll, we'll go with Bivol. Uh, Bivol, I think people have said Bivol. I think yeah, Bivol. Um, before as as he was getting ready for his ring walk and then his ring walk, which by the way, it, hilarious. The champion one had to go first. Um, right, absolutely hilarious. Uh, I I texted you. I'm like. Bro, this guy, this guy's a freaking robot who doesn't even seem like he's <laughs> he's like didn't he's, even blink. Who doesn't even seem like he's interested that he's about to fight Canelo Alvarez, and uh, I, dude, that's I, I felt like that's 
was just kind of his whole demeanor during this entire uh, lead up to the fight. And he even know, said in the post post, you know, they, they're like, oh, do you think that you're the number one? Pound? He's like, you know what? The way I see it. I beat a guy that came for my belt. He's like, yeah, it's Canelo. Yeah, number one pound for pound, all that stuff. He's like, he was another guy coming for my belt, and I, I kept my belt. That, that's what he said after the fight. <laughs> yeah. Um. And Canelo, like, from the, you know, he, I mean, his, as usual, his, uh, his entrances are just insane. Mariachi band's playing, uh, what's that song? The final countdown. Final countdown, right? Yeah. And then he's just, like, getting brought out on, like, an actual, like, pedestal, uh, like a moving yeah. platform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, came but up he, even, underneath or something, or, or, like, raised him up? Yeah, even he, he, like, just looked like he wasn't into it. He just had low energy. Like, it just didn't – it didn't have – and I and some, some – by following some people on Twitter, um, they said it didn't have the same, like, Canelo feel. Maybe that's just people didn't know, you know, Bivol or – just didn't see a way that that Canelo was gonna lose a fight, but man, um, some really tight. Ra- I see. I thought there were some really tight rounds early in the fight. You know, through the first five, I, I was like, I-, I don't even know how to score these or how the judges are scoring these. They made a comment that you know these were like three of the best judges like out there, um, but really the back half, especially six, you know, six through twelve, uh, Baval just. I mean, he dominated Canelo like. You know, there were Canelo would try to, you know, walk him down and just try to get him to, you know, fight the kind of fight Canelo wanted. And Baval would just be one twos with the jabs. And then as Canelo would try to throw, you know, one of his like, you know, patented uppercuts, he'd come out and just throw some, you know, really quick combinations. And man, he was just peppering Canelo. And you, you yeah, rarely I mean, see Canelo get hit like that. And he yeah, was peppering was just- him. It was uh, so a lot of comments about technically what went on in there, um, but to your point, uh, like it was, uh, I, I I think I gave Canelo one. Uh, no, I gave Canelo two and three. Um, yeah, you had it. You had it tied one to other four. Round. Yeah, yeah. I gave Canelo. I think I gave Canelo three. I think you gave Canelo four. Um, but like it, it just wasn't. It wasn't all that close like the volume was was there was such a disparity in volume yeah and it was born of bival's length and size and canelo's unwillingness to move his feet uh our our boy sean porter said it the awesomely it's just canelo's gonna have to like you have to move your feet especially going up against a bigger guy he he tried to do his usual canelo like lean back and and dip dive dodge duck and and dodge with with his upper body and like that when you have a guy who's bigger and is willing to walk you down and close the gap and throw combinations and and come with volume like okay you might dodge the first two or three maybe but like four five six seven eight like canelo ate some shots and conversely when canelo did like close the gap just from his like usual stalking like there were no combinations it was just like him pounding the guard and like i i, I think you mentioned it early like okay good good strategy to like weaken the guard but like that just never the output wasn't there to weaken the guard like you needed like triple those punches to act, to actually weaken the guard uh you know bival's arm was was you know 
red and swelling, but it wasn't. There was it, it, Cano never got past the guard on anything, and it was, and he was throwing almost almost no jabs. It was mostly power punches, so it was just he he never got any kind of offense going. The defense was poor simply because he was just doing nothing but, for all intents and purposes, a rope a dope, and like. When you're getting hit and and then you just kind of like wave them in like yeah you didn't hurt me like they don't have to hurt you they're landing like wake up and that's like that's like the inverse of what we saw from Katie Taylor the previous week like when you're getting hit hurt or not like you need to return fire like wake <clears> up <throat> yeah I, I was I, I gotta say like I was I was really impressed with the hand speed and just the reflexes of of Paval. Like I I said like the last fights that I saw him, like he just he just didn't look interested. Like maybe he just was that much better than the guys he was fighting. But like again, he was just so precise and just, you know whatever to your point, like when Canelo Canelo gave him a punch, man, like he was just so quick to react and I just I don't know, man. I like Canelo. I, I think it was all. I think it's all based on size and length. I think he was fighting other guys that are naturally. That I mean, he's size. only got two. I mean, I, Canelo's got. I mean, Canelo. The last few guys Canelo's fought have had like not strength, but they've had. I mean, they've had the reach on him. Um, yeah, but uh, and and I think maybe from a measurement standpoint, you're probably right. But it, not like this. You could noticeably see. Yeah, like the, I, I, like the yeah. jab, the jab followed by the volume of combinations, like was just perfect. Like it just, yeah, it, it Canelo could not break through it. Um, no, it couldn't. And I mean, Canelo, I guess, and you know, not having a jab definitely doesn't help Canelo either. Yeah, um, or not at least not even trying to th- utilize it all in the fight. Yeah, so definitely shocking. Um, it, the, we, score, we, the scorecards were 115, 113. Yeah. Did you did you notice anything about the scorecards, by the way? I'm sure you've seen tweets about it, but. Um, yes, they actually had it tied, uh, what, going into the ten, uh, the 11th, and then Bival won the last two rounds, meaning that if Bival didn't win the last round, they'd have it a draw, which is just absurd. Right. But did you notice anything else about the scorecards? Uh, no. Uh, literally all three judges had the exact, the exact same, same card. Yeah. Like round, round and everything like, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one through four went to Canelo, uh, four, five through eight went to Boval, 10 with Canelo exce- with the exception. I thought six went to Canelo. Sorry. Oh. Not, no, no. Oh, okay. All the, yeah. So, sorry, 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 sorry. One through four Canelo, five through eight Boval. Okay, nine, nine went to Canelo. Nine went to Canelo, okay. And then 10 through 12 went to Ball. Um, what's really funny is everyone's like, ah, oh, you know, they, you know, it, was it a 115? I think I think I ended up at 116, 112. You, you ended did. up at 117, 111. Yeah. And, I, you know, obviously, every, when they read the score, unanimous decision, 115, 113, I definitely thought they were giving it to Canelo. I was just like, oh, my God. Did they <laughs> – did they do? Oh, are they going to say, "Well, Canelo was coming forward the entire fight"? Like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I just think it's funny. Like the first four rounds at all that, like I thought those were all razor thin. I thought they were really hard to score. Like, it's fun because I, I don't think I can see where judges would give where they could make an argument for Canelo in those rounds. Like, I don't think it's crazy that Canelo won any of those rounds. 
it's just it's a it, you it, there's definitely a bias there when he wins all four yeah. like especially when again Baval's the Baval's the champion so like I don't know what the criteria was as to oh well if it's you know if it's thin we're gonna you know a lot of times it's like well if, if a round was close we're gonna give it to the champion like the challenger's gotta so I guess it was well it's Canelo like you got you know you have to clearly defeat him in a round so like it's it is interesting like I said I I don't have I don't have a, any qualms with him getting any of those rounds it just it just does definitely smell funny that he would get all four from all three judges. Yeah, um, and on top of that, when you go back and look at the compu box, uh, I, I believe that uh, Bival outlanded Canelo in every round, according to the compu box. He did, yeah. But the first four, I think they were like, and of course I didn't say that. Quality of punches. Or I think it was like three. I think it was like he outlanded him by like three punches, four punches. Like it wasn't like I don't a think huge, he outlanded him in the first four rounds by uh, by a ton. Let me, hold on. Let me see if I can. Pick it up real quick, real quick. Where are we? Copy box, copy box. Uh, keep talking, Jo. Keep it alive. Keep oh, things moving I'm, while I'm going to it. Uh, All right, I'm I got pulling, it. Hold I'm on. Pulling it up too. I guess not. Yeah, here it is. Round it was, one. No, yeah, I was yes, wrong. I mean, well, yeah. 14, fourteen to five, twelve eight, ten eight, ten eight. Just yeah. So the so fight. two through four were all relative. Like those were close, and like some of the like Canelo was throwing some uppercuts that you know you. You, I mean, at home you could tell that he wasn't landing them, but like in the arena, like everyone's going nuts as he threw them, and so I could see where maybe some judges thought some of those were landing, yeah, and, and maybe scored some. It was funny where you were like, you looked at the punch stats and you were, <laughs> you were like, because Canelo used that strategy he used against, um, against Calum Smith, where, you know, he was just arms and- he just kept punching his like arms and biceps to just wear out his arms for to you know basically neutralize him being able to to throw jabs. Um, you know, you were like, oh man, I guess I guess maybe they weren't counting counting those those uh, those arm punches. And I'm like, actually, I, I'm looking at. I was like, I think they I think I think they probably were, bro. When you think about what punches he actually landed. Yeah, what other fight. ones did he land? It's like, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so I think I think it was a tough game plan. Like it was a it was a tough matchup. People that are saying that this was a cherry pick gone wrong or just morons like this. Like, I, I mean, this guy is a good fighter. Well, size matters. Yeah, like it's not like this guy. Like this, yeah. this fight shows it. Like Canelo Alvarez, and like let's like let's not pretend like because of he lost. Like Canelo's not like an all time great. Like oh yeah, or he that he's not like still going up yeah. against a bigger guy. Size matters, as as Alfie Solomon's would say. Drew, big fucks small. Sure um, does. Yeah, like I don't think anyone at one seventy five. Like the only thing you could say is if you think that, like from a skill perspective, Benavides or Charlo are more skilled than Baval or um, Better Be of or Joe Smith Jr. Which I I don't even know if that's true. Um, but yeah, so Canelo goes down. Um, yeah, Canelo goes down. So I. We'll see where he goes. Again, also hilarious. I love Eddie Hearn. Canelo has a rematch clause for the other guy's belt, which is ridiculous. Like, Canelo has a rematch clause against Baval. I don't understand it. This is the most... It's it's absolute insanity what Eddie Hearn puts in these contracts. Um... And, so you know, and, better be if uh, Bivol said, "Hey, you know what? Let's go at one. Let's let me drop down to one sixty eight to go for Canelo's belts." Yeah, that would be sweet. I, um, I, thought that, I thought that was a pretty good idea myself. He uh. 
Yeah, so that was a thing. Um, you know, we got Better Beef and Joe Smith Jr. officially on June 18th. I got tickets. Let's go. Uh, I, I hope this I doesn't get in the that. way of an undisputed fight at 175 because that's ridiculous. I, I just I can't get over he's got a rematch clause when he wasn't the champion. Yeah, that's, that's and they true. sought like they sought that fight out. Like it's not like Baval was like, "Yo, Canelo, come fight." You know what I mean? Like that's definitely yeah. that was yeah, definitely a van. Like they, and you need to give me a rematch clause. It's insane. Um, I'd rather he go back down to 168. If you fight, do the Triple G fight if you want. Like, I don't really care. But, like, stay, go to 168, you know, fight, you know, fight some of those guys. At this point, like, okay, fight Benavidez and Charlo and just shut them up. Like, this is this yeah. is annoying. Like, just, like, I, I don't see how either of those guys beats Canelo. Maybe Charlo, if he gets the jab going and basically replicates the Bivol, like, game plan. But, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I It still feels like Canelo beats both of those guys. Yeah, and I, I mean, Andrade's in that, that mix as well. Yeah, Boo Boo Andrade, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, anyway. and Bavar, I mean, again, there, there's two choice. There's, there's really only two two moves there. Hopefully we can get done either. And, I mean, he looks like the kind of guy now, too. I do like just because, you know, I, you know, I haven't seen much on him outside of his fights, but he does seem like the kind of guy that will tell Matchroom or whoever it is that actually reps him to I I don't I don't care about the side of the street crap like let's get the four belts on the line um come December so that would be cool um but we'll see um yeah. uh so on that note um before we get into this weekend that kind of shook up our pound for pound right shook um so uh, let's uh let's go over it and I, I gotta pull it up here um you want to go over yours first? You want me to go over mine? First? Uh, I can go over mine first. So, my new and improved and best, obviously. Um, we both have Crawford number one. Yeah, and I don't know why Terrence. all of a sudden my internet's not loading. All right, here I'll go with. Mine. Oh, I got, it, I got, it, I got, it, I got. It. Okay. So I got Bud Crawford at one. Uh, I just think I had, you know, I had Bud at two. I'm putting him up to one because he still hasn't lost. Um, you know, I think that's just there. Uh, I did move to number two, Alexander Usyk. Uh, I just, again, Usyk, I had him high last time. Um, I had Canelo ahead of him, but I think Usyk, you know, has this, has, has tons of skills, uh, uh cleaned out cruiserweight. Moved up to heavyweight. Nobody thought he was winning that fight against Joshua. And excuse me, except for you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, and he does that. I got him at two. I got Canelo at three. So I did. I only moved him down two spots. You know, I do. I do think the fact that he's basically gone through from one fifty four all the way up to one seventy five, and you know, only has two losses over that that nine year span is pretty impressive. Um, so I still got him up there in the top five. I was going to put Errol Spence there and I didn't just because Spence has only fought, ever fought at 154, I believe. I don't think he, I think that's where he started. That's where he is. Um, and it still rubs me the wrong way. The, just the fact, just the nonsense. Did you the say fact 154 that, for Spence? 147. I'm sorry. Yeah. 147 at welterweight. Um, and the whole Crawford thing just rubs me the wrong way still that, like, that, you know, for years we couldn't get that. 
Five in a way. I mean, he just he just needs more names, like big names on his resume at this point. So he falls below these other guys for me. Uh, Tyson Fury at six. I know heavyweights. It's usually frowned upon to put him on there, but I think Fury's skill set speaks for itself. Uh, and he's you know I have Usyk ahead of him just because Usyk did it. You know we saw him do it across different um, weight classes, but Fury's there at six. Uh, Lomachenko at seven. It's so funny because. Uh, all the Canelo fanboys, and we like Canelo, so this is uh, we're not knocking him. Uh, when Loma was one and he lost, it was get him off the pound for poundless. He shouldn't even be in the top ten. And now Canelo drops like two, three spots, and it's like, oh my god, how how are you dropping Canelo when he was fighting for greatness and he was he was he was daring to be great? I'm like, wow, how fast that happens. Um, at newly entering my top ten. Pound for pound, Shakur Stevenson at eight, baby. Woo-woo. He's officially climbed, climbed the uh, the two belt, the two you know the two weight class powers, in my opinion. Now that he's he's defended it, he's won, he won it, he beat a champion for a belt, and he defended his title and took another belt from another champion in Oscar Valdez. I think Shakur is here. He's here to stay. Uh, number eight on the list. Tank at nine and. 10 was tough. I kept Josh Taylor in here. He looked absolutely horrendous his last fight. Probably lost it, but, you know, the guys, the guy, the opponents of his last, like, eight opponents. Re- the record of his last eight opponents is, like, 160 and, like, two um, or something nuts like that. I-, I kept him at 10. And my first man out, who was number 10 last time, was uh, Stephen Fulton. I just put Shakur in there because Shakur's, uh, you know, to me, he's now done multiple weight classes. I think Fulton's still only been really at 122. So as he moves up in weight classes, he'll get back in there. Nice. All right. Um, So I'm going to run through mine a little bit quickly here. Crawford, we both agree. Um, I mean, cleans up 140, goes to 147, has literally knocked everybody out so far. Um, And apparently this fight's going to happen, Crawford Crawford Spence. So. Uh, I guess we'll believe it when we see it, but look, it's looking good for end of the year. Uh, I actually have Fury at number two, and I, like you said, I know that's frowned <laughs> yeah. upon. I know people hate it, but like, here's, <coughs> here's my thing. Uh, number one, I do reserve the right to change this at the end of the year, but like, we're just coming off where Canelo lost because of size, and like, again, size matters, and when you can do everything Fury does. Like there's just there's nobody on the planet who can beat him in a regulated boxing match. It's just there's nobody on the planet that could beat him. So like, I got him a pound for pound number two. Sorry, yeah, like I, sue I, me. Yeah. I don't care. That's fine. I I got no. I yeah again I, I yeah you're I, I don't I don't think that's a huge a huge reach. I like it. Uh, number three Usyk. Um, for all the reasons you said, he just keeps going on the road and winning belts. I dropped Canelo to four. I honestly like it doesn't even feel right dropping him that far. But again, I'm just after this fight, I'm just putting emphasis on beatability. Um, and obviously, Canelo can be beat by a bigger guy, so that's why I put him at four. Five is Spence. He feels like he should be higher, but based on what I just said with the other guys, kept him at five. In a way, it falls to six. He didn't do anything wrong, but like. You're fighting on a Monday morning in the states, and I don't, I don't even think he knocked that guy out, right? Like, uh, uh, on that, on his last fight. So, it was some, some rando. I don't know. 
Maybe it was. Maybe it did stop him in the eighth or something. I don't remember. It was again. It's not even memorable. In a way, right? In a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He stopped him. Did he? It was. He did stop stop him eventually. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, he just needs to... names. He just there's just he's not you know exactly. Donaire is like really the only big name he's got on there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I keep Cambosis on there. Um, you moved Cambosis up <laughs> to seven. Oh yeah, I know. Well, you moved him up. He hasn't even fought. Okay, but he's about he's going to fight. So he's either what I was gonna say is like it's either like he's gonna stay there, maybe maybe jump in a way or fall off, and Devin Haney is gonna go on there like in the matter of like three weeks. Yeah. Uh, so, but he has well, again, uh, we thought he had all the belts, but then like uh, they're like, well, not really, and th- there's this whole argument about it. Whatever, we're we're gonna get the answer. Uh, I introduced Shakur at eight. Um, he's a future, probably future number one pound for pound guy. He's amazing. Loma, um, he's another one where he could be falling out. He could be rising depending on what yeah. he does next. But I got him at nine. Uh, and Tank Davis at ten. He's amazing. He's got to fight Raleigh because because question mark, and yeah. we'll see what he does <laughs> from there. Uh, first man out, I got Taylor just based on what happened against Catterall. Um, he's still amazing, but I got I got him first man yeah, that's out fair. right now. That's fair. Um, and then quickly, Drew, we did this for funsies. Do you do you want to go over our our projected twenty twenty seven pound for pound? Let's let's save that. Let's save that for next week. <sighs> okay. Are you do you want to? I mean, we're twenty five in. You want to do it? No, nah, that's fine. We could save. Yeah, it. let's save it for next week because we got one of them fighting this week. So. Um, uh, yeah, well, on that note, let's, yeah, well, let's talk about the fights this weekend. Go um, undercard first. Okay. Undercard first. Uh, a guy I've been having my eye on William Zapata. I think, I think technically William Zapata is a Um, on DAZN, 135, 25 and 0, 20, age 25, 23 knockouts, throws punches and bunches. Uh, he's like minus 1600 or something like that. The guy he's fighting. I'll have my eye. Uh, out of one corner, watching DAZN, watching Williams Zapata fight. Love watching that guy fight. Um, the I don't know if they're calling it the co-main, but basically right before Charlo Castaño 2, we get Boots. Boots. Philly boots zone. Genis. Oh, man. Cameron Ennis. The Phenom at 147. Uh, he is minus 1,800 against Custio Clayton. I don't know much about this guy. He's Canadian. He has Olympic pedigree. I think he's 18 and 0. Uh, I want to say like 12 knockouts or something like that. It ain't going five. It ain't going five. It ain't going five. It ain't. It ain't he, this guy is not seeing this sixth round. It's just not happening. Um, and that brings us to Charlo Castaño. Two. They last Two. fought. They last fought in July of last year. Yep. Uh, I don't know why it took this long to get the remake. Castaño got hurt. Oh yeah, that's right. he, he, he came out of that fight hurt. That's right. Um, uh, you want to give us a tale of the tape? Because obviously, yeah. obviously Castaño is six one. Oh, damn you! You ruined it. Um, yeah, so we got we got Jermel Jermel Charlo thirty four one and one. Um, his one loss, I think, is you know a little disputed, but uh, it is what it is. He is thirty one years old. He is orthodox, six foot, seventy three inch reach, 
And he's got a 50% knockout percentage. He's got Eddie's got three of the belts, so he's he's got the majority of the hardware. Uh, Brian Carlos Castano, um, he is seventeen zero and two, so two draws. I thought his first his first draw was bullshit. Um, he is, he has a sixty three percent knockout percentage. He is five seven and a half with a sixty seven inch reach. So five seven and a half. 67 inch reach so charlo has three inches no five seven six foot five inches right charlo's six foot yeah oh yeah five inches yeah charlo's six foot with a 73 inch reach so five inches and then the reach is 73 to uh 67 and a half so five inch reach on him cool um Listen, I thought Castagna, uh, yeah, I thought Castagna won the first fight. Um, it was a draw. I, I mean, it's really the same game plan. I mean, he he needs to do a good job of cutting off the ring, which I thought he did a really nice job of for the majority of the first fight. Um, and he's got to throw. You know, he, I, I I like his I like his his body body punches, man. Like I think that when he gets inside. He throws some really nice body combinations that I think can just really break break guys down. Um, I just, yeah, that's what he needs to do. Charlo needs to utilize the jab way more than he did um, in the first fight. I wish I could have the punch stats, but. Um, uh, buddy? What's that? I said buddy. What? Oh, I didn't save him. I just I looked at the punch stats earlier today. Son of a bitch! I'll get him. Oh yeah. Um, I'm sure he threw a lot of jabs, but I, I think he needs to he needs to throw even more. Um, he really just needs he just needs to control. He really needs to control distance, and um, you know, I, he's got to try to avoid inside exchanges with Castagna because I thought he didn't do a good job of that in the first fight, and I thought he got in trouble in a couple of those rounds, um, because of it, and it allowed. You know, I know there was a lot of talk about, you know, flurries don't win rounds and like, you know, that Castani just came in, you know, for and had just had what we we've come to call like moments. I didn't think that was the case. You know, I, I thought, you know, he, he was he was basically outlanding at a and at a more efficient clip in most of these rounds than than Charlo. So so Charlo's gotta just do a better job to me of just controlling distance, and the best way to do that, especially with that reach, is just establishing his jab. So he landed fifty nine jabs, throwing two eighty seven, which oh, is yeah. eighteen and a half percent. Yeah, so fifty nine. Uh, yeah, like, and how many Castagna what landed sixty something jabs? Nine. Nine. Oh God. Okay, never mind. And only threw one eighty six. So, so Charlo threw a hundred more jabs and landed fifty three to nine. Yeah, he, I mean that for, he needs... for power punching. Charlo threw two forty six and landed ninety eight, and Castano threw four hundred and landed one sixty four. Yeah, yeah. So, so Charlo, the, those the power those punch jab... percentages were actually forty one percent Castano and forty percent Charlo. Just yeah. Castano threw that many more power. Yeah. So those those jab numbers, those are rookie Look, numbers. Here, here's the rest of the numbers. It's an it's a total output game. Round one, Castaño lands uh, six, Charlo four, and Castaño throws 30 to 18. Second round, Charlo wins 11 to six, and he throws 39 to 23. Next is uh, uh, Castaño wins 11 to five. Next, Castaño wins 23 to 11. 
Next, Castaño wins 20-8. Next, Castaño wins 16-12. Next, Castaño wins 23-15. Next, Castaño wins 14-12. Then, Charlo wins some rounds, 15-11, 21-9. Then, Castaño goes back to 17-13 and 11. And then, the last round, uh, Charlo, 24-17. So, up and down, Castaño yeah. had a run there in the middle. And, like, that's bas like you said, same game plan. Uh, he's got. It's got to be a volume game, like you said. It's got to cut off the ring and try and negate the the length by just getting to the inside and throwing combos, which he did very effectively in the first fight. Um, so that being said, do you want me to give the? Uh, I'm really uh, interested to see these. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm gonna I'm the, gonna guess that I'm gonna guess Charlo is the favorite. Yes. Yes. Minus, minus, can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minus 180. Oh, so close. Minus 195. Okay. Oh, wow. C Castaño plus 160. So, really, very close odds. Could go either way. Um, over, under rounds? <sighs> I think, ten, like, I... It's probably 10 and a half. That's, ca that's a cowardice... That's a cowardice move by Vegas, if it is. I... The, the way I'm... I'm Thinking the fight, I'm predicting the fight. I'm gonna say eight and a half. Ten and a half. Yeah, it's ten. Yeah, cowards. Cowards. The over is minus three hundred. Yeah. And the under is plus two thirty five. Okay. Um, the the out the um winning method, Charlo by uh, decision plus one twenty five, Charlo by some kind of stoppage plus two seventy five, draw plus sixteen hundred down the middle. Um, Castaño by decision plus two sixty, Castaño by stoppage plus six fifty. Um, that being said, let's go into our predictions. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? You go first. All right. I am. I I think that you wanted to go Castaño the first time. You didn't have the balls. Yeah, I'm going Castaño this time. I. I think that the world thinks that, ah, you know what? Castaño blew his load. That was his night. He he got screwed over. Now now the real Charlo is going to show up and put it on him. And, you know, it's just, just not going to go the same way. He had his chance and he got screwed over. Well, you know what? Upsets happen, and they've been happening. And it's not that big of an upset. So, it's gonna, again, it's going to be a volume game. I'm taking him by split decision. Um, I, th I think it's very close, and instead of a, a draw, I think this time it's a split decision, and, and he takes it. I think he does a little bit more to convince the judges. Not a lot, just a little bit. Both these guys were on the verge of, of being knocked down in the first fight. I don't know if we get a knockdown in this one, but it feels like it, it could be close. Uh, what do you got? Charlo's going to whitewash him. Whitewash him? Knock out eighth round. Stop him. Wow. Um and completely I, dominate him. Yeah, I probably I'm probably exaggerating too much there that he's gonna completely dominate him. Um No, I'm not. I, I think Charlo's gonna be in full control of this fight. I think I think there's just more I think there's more adjustments he can make than Castana can make. Like I think Castana just fought the better fight. And that ga his game plan doesn't change. I think Charlo can have a much better game plan, and you're going to see more more of the rounds, um, more rounds, like round. I think it was round ten in the first fight. 
where Charlo was just beating on him. Um, I think that's what we're going to see. I, I don't know why. I just feel like Charlo is going to. I feel like most people agree with you. I just think he's going to knock out. I think most people think it'll go, he'll win by decision. I don't know why. I just feel like this is like a knockout coming here yeah. um, with 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 him. Um, yeah, I like his oh, did, we, did we say the weight class and everything? Uh, it's 154. And uh, it's on um, what, Showtime? Showtime, free boxing. Yeah, um, you don't have to. It's not pay per view. And again, this will be the first. Whoever wins will be the first undisputed champion at 154. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot of history on the line here. Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna knock him out in eight. That's why I was saying I, I, I the over under was gonna be ten and a half just because both these guys don't have huge knockout percentages. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be ballsy here, and I'm gonna. Nice. I like it. I'm gonna take him. Take him. Knocking him out. Nice. <sighs> all right. Well, heavy on boxing this week. That's what happens when Canelo fights. All right. Like you got to talk about Canelo. That's that's what the pe- gets the people going. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, was something said, else? Was something else announced? Uh, if it was, I don't know. Nah, I guess not. Um, I thought there was a. Uh, I mean, Gar. Oh, it's not official yet. Garza, Garcia and Isaac Cruz. Isak Cruz. Um, all you right. Suck. Uh, NBA catch and shoot, Drew. Uh, we again, we dropped a, a two for one um, recently uh, today, uh, so that's out there. Uh, that's a lot more in depth. Um, Memphis comes out and just absolutely spanks Golden State tonight. Um, yeah, I thought that. I said last night. I said last night on the, the different one. I, I I knew they were going to win in Memphis tonight, but this is. I mean, they're up like sixty right now. This is crazy. Without wow. Ja, what what an embarrassment. Yeah, really bad. How this embarrassing. Is... Yeah. What else? What do you What do you got for me? Oh, on the uh, I don't know. You tell me on the, oh. on the on the catch and shoot. Oh, I thought you were. Well, I mean, usually you're you're throwing me the pass so I can catch it and shoot it. Um, I mean, the the voting uh, numbers came out for MVP. <sighs> Embarrassed. I told you. I told you guys it wasn't going to be close. Like sixty five first place votes for Jokic, only twenty six for Joel Embiid. Um, and Giannis takes 32 second place. I, I told you, like, and there, there'll be the people, people that are going to do the analytic game with Jokic are going to that hilariously give like Giannis a bunch of second place votes. Um, yeah, it, it, we talked about in the two for one. I, I think it's ridiculous again. Like you can bend these numbers any way you want to try to make a point. Um, Joel to me was the MVP. I, you can't. I, I think it's so. It, they everything is so downplayed on how they navigated, how he was able to lead the team with the Simmons distraction. You didn't have. You didn't have your. You didn't have a number. T- your second best player for fifty plus games. Your number three is a guy who's laughed at as the most overpaid, underperforming, inconsistent player in the NBA, and you're relying on a second year rookie who. You know, all these guys on Denver, they're all great because of Jokic, but, like, Maxi's just great because of Maxi. It's not because Embiid's getting him great, you know, because of all the attention he gets, like, Maxi ends up getting great looks or anything. It's just, it's so backwards. Jokic now has more MVPs than Shaq and Kobe, which is embarrassing. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's just stupid. And, again, I, I told you it wouldn't be close. It just was, and it was just, uh, whatever just so dumb yeah I, I don't have anything else 
Um, yeah, no, nah, I mean, great game tonight with uh, Milwaukee and Boston, man. Like, Boston, Boston's up 14 with, like, 11 minutes. It's very, very similar to the Bucks game last year, the game four. You know, almost, you know, they were up, Bucks were up nine. You know, Boston's up 14. And the Bucks just pull away, man. Boston takes some bad shots and doesn't take care of the ball. And Giannis hits a fucking dagger three to cut it to three with, like, two minutes left. Um God, I love that guy. I mean, he he is the most likable player in the NBA right now. Yeah, that. it's not, and it's not even close. Maybe 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 the most likable player in the last, I guess Steph Steph in the mid, you know, six years ago. But even people like disliked him for some reason. Um, I don't know. Maybe it had something to do with him just whipping his mouth. It could be that too. <laughs> could, could, could be that. Could have been uh, that. Could have been the constant whining, even though yeah. they were demolishing teams. I don't know. It could have been him. The, the behind the back pass is just going being whipped into the first row. Thank you. Glad you remember that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think somebody uh, on the two for one said, you know, Drew Holiday had to play like an all star if, if the Bucks are going to win. And every game he's played like an all star, they've won. Every game he hasn't, they've lost. So he came up with some some huge defensive plays, but also hit some some big shots in the fourth quarter. And Bobby Portis hits the go-ahead uh, layup off an offensive rebound after completely has a wide-open dunk layup, whatever you want, and just completely fumbles, pulls a Juju Schmitzer on uh, on the uh, on the catch. Right? Wait, was he the fumbler? I don't know. I stopped paying attention to what you were saying a while ago. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fine. <laughs> Great game, though. Bucks pull away. They're up 3-2. They got a chance to close it out in six. But best, Probably the best second-round series we've had in in 10 years. Yeah, and and admittedly, I've like I started out the, the NBA playoffs all, all hot under the collar watching a bunch, but Man, for the NHL half clappers, I got a game on right now. I've been the this NFL or NFL these NHL playoffs have been just so fantastic. Yeah, like there's been so many good games every night. Um, what, what, ha- what happened to the Penguins tonight? They're up three one, about to close out. Crosby gets hit in the head, gets goes off, likely concussed. Um, typical garage league NHL. There wasn't even a penalty called on the play, like. So Crosby goes out. The Rangers get all this momentum. Like, oh shit, the best players out. Like, now maybe we have something. And they they go score three goals in a row. Uh, the Penguins do pull into a tie, but um, then the Rangers score. Or was it two goals? Whatever it was. Um, the uh, the the Rangers get, get the go ahead goal in the in the third, and uh, you know they. Pull the series to three two. There, there was a lot, lot of shenanigans and dirty hits going on. Um, but just a quick recap here. Um, let's see, I got the app. I said I had the app. So yeah, Penguins lead three two. I picked Rangers in six. That's obviously dead. Um, thankfully, Penguins in six. They come back to Pittsburgh Friday. Looking forward to that. Carolina. I did not think Boston was gonna give Carolina some fits, but. Uh, here we are. I, I I also forgot that Carolina's goalie was out. So um, here we are at three two um, Carolina. Uh, hope, hopefully for their sake and for the NHL's sake, they just close out Boston. Boston's no nobody wants to see Boston win when they don't have one of their good teams. Um, a series that I guess I just expected the Maple Leafs to be the Maple Leafs. 
But Toronto's leading <coughs> the series 3-2 against Tampa Bay. And, like, there's been some, some friggin' Harlem Globetrotter scores going on in that series. Like, unbelievable. Um, the Panthers just continue to snap the spine of the Capitals. They snap win, that spine. They win 5-3 tonight. Drew, the Capitals were up 3 nothing. The Panthers storm back, tie it in the second, and score two, including an empty netter in the third, uh, to win 5-3. And, and the Capitals were also winning uh, game four to go up 3-1 in the series with like two minutes to go, and then the Panthers tie it and win in overtime. So just just absolute spine breakers, the Panthers against the Capitals. Unreal. Um, the Stars and Flames are, are uh, playing now 1-1. Don't know where Dallas is coming from. Um, Dallas actually had a negative goal differential all year. So, like, and, like, this is why I never pick Calgary. Like, they just – Come on, you were one of the best teams in the regular season, and then friggin' Dallas is is giving you troubles in the first first round. Like, I I just what? Okay, whatever, man. Like, you got Manjapana, you got um, um, uh, Goudreau. Like, like what what's going on? I I don't know. It's it's annoying to watch. Uh, the Kings up three two. I did call the Kings in seven on that one. Um, and it looks like maybe that's they're heading towards that, unless the Kings could close it out in six. But those games have been great. Um, the Kings were up like, I want to say 3-1 entering the third last night. I fall asleep. I wake up. It's 4-4 with like two minutes to go in the game. And I'm like, I got to get – it was like 1 a.m. I'm like, I got to get to bed. Um, but, man, that again, these series are just so good. Probably the best series, Wild versus Blues. St. Louis is up 3-2. I mean, the quality of play has just been unreal. Minnesota is just a house, man. They're they're just skating around everywhere. But the Blues are just so damn tough. They still got toughness on the blue line. Bennington's awesome. Um, and then the Avalanche just go out and steamroll Nashville. And that's another one where I forgot uh, Soros was injured. So, you know, they, they had backup goalies in there. And uh, Avalanche 4 nothing. Uh, the, this Calgary and Dallas series has been the only series where I'd say don't bet the over every game, but every other game, I mean, it's, it's like, it's a juggernaut every night. Every there's like seven, eight, nine goals a game. Like just bet the overs, baby. This is, this is absurd. Uh, except the overs uh, that we pick. Yeah. Except for the ones we pick, but it's been, <laughs> it's been unbelievable. Um, usually you, you want to see a little bit more defense and goaltending, but goaltenders have been injured. Um, I mean, this the friggin' Penguins are on their third goalie for crying out loud. Oh, and then Cal Gary takes a 2-1 lead. Manjapana, what a snipe. Coming down the right slot. Let's go. The outside pew, pew. the outside crowd is going nuts. Um, yeah, so it's uh it's it's been a fun like you you and my brother just keep texting me about the NBA and like I'm always watching hockey and which is crazy because I don't think I've actually watched a full game of any other series other than the Penguins. But, like, I've had a little bit of every game of every other series on at some point. It's been it's been so good. Um, so, hopefully you're, you're catching it. It's there, There's just so much, so many good teams out there right now. It's been a weird year that, how good teams have been. But, uh, anyway, that, that's all I got. I'll stop rambling. Um, which brings us to everybody's favorite minute in podcasting. 
And say that's your call, man. All right, let me get my notes. The NASCAR pit stop. Oh, man, I just found my notes. Hey, before we do this, can I swing back to boxing one second? Oh, yeah, do it, bro. I, I, um... You really I, I was, just want to do this pound, this top, this top ten t- futures no, pound for no, pound? No, 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 no. Um, but I, I did have this, um, because you know how like Canelo, we always praise him for all of it, for being so active. Like again, like sixty fights by age thirty. Yes. I was looking at at Mike Tyson's box rec because I was like, all right, like when he went was on that tear in the beginning of his career, like. Were there any names? So I was just going back to look. Um, he started his career in March of 1985. Between March of 1985 and March of 1986, how many times do you think Mike Tyson fought at, over that 12-month span? Say it again? From what? March of 1985 to March of 1986. 12 months. May, if you count thirteen months, if you count March, twice. I, I should I should know this. Uh, it's like twelve or sixteen. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Nineteen times. Neither was right. Yeah. He fought multiple times within a month, multiple times, including he had three fights in September of nineteen eighty five. He also fought on back to back weekends, October twenty fifth, nineteen eighty five, my first birthday, and um. September 1st, 1985. And so by he started in March of 85. By the end of 86, he has 28 professional fights. Like, they were just rolling him out there. Like, I mean, again, he wasn't... It's not like he was putting in a ton of rounds, but, like, un- unreal. Um, sorry. I, I, I wrote that note down. I forgot uh, as I was getting to my NASCAR notes. Gotcha. So, now, everyone's favorite minute in podcasting. Vroom, 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 vroom. 10, 9, 8, 76ers. You let me know when it's my turn. Go. Last week was Darlington. Way better race than expected. Plenty of lead changes and passing. Drivers were fighting the track and their tires all race. Our four picks all look great, like they could win the race, but they all wrecked, succumbing to uh, fighting the track. Logano wins by bumping Byron out of the way on the last lap. Pretty dramatic. We dropped the plus one on the season. This week is Kansas. I hate this track. One and a half mile oval. The most cookie cutter track you could think of. We're going with Larson seven to one, Kyle Busch seven to one, Chastain ten to one, Bowman sixteen to one, and we're going with a bonus pick, Justin Haley, a hundred and fifty to one. He's been awesome all year. He finished third last week, so we're just throwing in a fifth pick just because he's been so good this week. And if you hit a hundred and fifty to one, what a pop! That's it. Boom. Love it. Okay, now we're going with the parlay, 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 parlay. We lost last week. Thank you to Canelo. Thanks for letting us down. Who would have thunk it? We were on such a such a hot streak for boxing too. Seriously. Um. So. What uh. What are you thinking of? Uh, I'm gonna go Charlo for the win. Charlo for the win. I like it. I am going to not go... a massive favorite, so yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, uh, you know what? That bit me in the ass once. I keep saying hockey. Just 
keep taking the overs. All the overs, right? Let's go. Let's go Penguins over. Like, Shesterkin's been been a little shaky, um, and it's in in Pittsburgh, and this game's going to be in Pittsburgh Friday night. Let's go Peng- Penguins Rangers over. Is there even Friday a concussion night. protocol in the NHL? Not a protocol. Um, they just kind of do their own thing. I mean, I don't. There might be a protocol, but like. It's not like other leagues. Like you just you you basically just deal with it. Like if Sid can walk, he can play. No, no. In in hockey, they don't. The thing about hockey is they don't really like announce injuries. They're like upper body injury, lower body injury, like or just like ailment. They don't really like tell you anything about it. And I don't know why. I think it's pretty stupid. But um, if he is concussed, they probably will tell you just because he has such a concussion history. Yeah. And like realistically, like he might like if it's a bad concussion, he might be done. Like because freaking Jacob Truba, like oh the great Jacob Truba just wanted to go out headhunting in a three-one series because we need to be tough and like do something in the series and like huzzah! There, con- congratulations, you may have ended Sidney Crosby's career. Like great job. Like that's that's exactly what ESPN wanted when they we'll signed be, this we'll contract. We'll be visiting with, his house, right? Get, get your carton of eggs ready. Um, all right. If you got anything left in beer one, finish it off. Mm. Ah. One more, one more. Ah. All right. Beer two on tap. Are you ready? Yes. Assume positions. For the world famous. Two or salute. Three, two, one. Founders All Day IPA again. Run, running through these just like Drew used to run through freshmen back in. in oh. Hey, yo. Oh. Running through these quicker than Go Fun Prime Night. Whoa. Um, what are you drinking, Drew? Uh, another La- Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Nice. Yeah. All right. Keeping it West Coast today. Uh, left Coast, Best Coast. So, right. beer two this week. Finally. Coming to an end, or came to an end, Ozark, part two, season four. Season four. Um, you know, we're not going to go an episode by episode slam down like we usually do, but let's just start right with the finale, the, the, the final moments. First question I have to you, Drew, is how do you feel about Ruth being shot in, in the final moments of, of, of the series? Um, I, like, it makes sense. I mean, you know, everyone told her, don't, you know, not to, not to, not to retaliate against Javi. You know, it was going to, it would come back to bite her in the ass. Like, literally everybody, even, even, is it two or three? What's that other kid's name? Three. It's three, right? Yeah. Even him, he's like, don't do it, Ruth. Um, you know. Somebody's always going to get pressured. There's always a weak link. Somebody's going to find out. So not – I wasn't shocked that she was going to die again. I just wanted her to, you know, get – I think I think I had predicted that somehow she gets all – I hope she gets all, like, Darlene's uh, money and is just, you know, money laundering um, as a drug lord in Spokane. I think when we <laughs> got when – we, when, we, when we finished up season four, part one, 
that was like my hopes and dreams for the second half of the season. So, I mean, it was fine. Again, she finally had gotten, you know, she got a record expunged and she was, everything was going to be different. And then that's when they die. So wasn't surprised to see it happen. Um, you know, SAG, SAG, she's obviously one of the more likable characters on the show because the show is just full of just got awful people, yeah. um, you know, both just in their actions and uh, just their personalities. So, yeah, so sad. Um, I thought they might they might be able to pull one more trick out of their sleeve, which I, I mean, I don't know how detailed we're going to get into the season or the finale or how. Yeah, I mean, as much as you want, bro. It's like, I just I just thought, you know, before podcast, you know, go, go crazy the whole thought. Yeah, it is my podcast. Don't forget it. Um, I'll grab I'll grab the LLC agreement to prove it. Um, I said it's the two beers podcast. Oh, I thought you said it was my God. I'm just selectively hearing things now. Um, you know, the whole, the whole season was like this, like whole back and forth between who's going to run the cartel. Like Navarro's going to do it from prison. Marty's going to be a placeholder over there, which I thought was fun. Then Navarro's sister, Javi's mom's going to do it. And at the end of the day, Navarro realizes that, you know, she's going to kill him. So he gives Marty a piece of paper, which I guess was somebody's phone number to call in the hit yeah. to take her out. And she had it set up so that, you know, the FBI or the FBI set it up that they were going to transfer him and that was going to be their chance to kill him. And I thought at the end when um, the, the Shaw medical CFO rats on Ruth, uh, which great line, but I, I won't say it on the podcast. But great line from Navarro's sister, by the way, uh, Camilla. She, <laughs> yeah, Camilla. Uh, she will cut you from seaward <laughs> to to throat. <laughs> great, great line. Um, and that and people were watching Marty, Marty, and and her, and you know, to make sure that nobody, you know, that the kids were going to die if they did anything. I thought somehow they were going. Marty was going to then call that number. And it was going to be a double, like a bait and switch. Like Navarro, it would be too late to car off the hit on Navarro, but whoever that number was going to go to could then kill. Oh, um, kill off both Navarro kill, and kill, Camilla. Well, no, kill Camilla before she got to Ruth. Right, but I guess and, they were being watched. Navar- kill Navarro and Camilla. There would be just be. A well, no, that that number, the Navarro was already in place. There was no stopping that. But Marty had that correct. phone numbers. I, yes, correct. Yeah, so yeah. So both would have died. Number, uh, yeah, they would. Navarro would have died as yes. per the the regular plan, and then Camilla would have also been killed per yeah. the, whatever that phone number is. And then the FBI would have got somehow got Marty to run the cartel, but yeah, they would have saved Ruth. Cool. But again, like they couldn't make any phone calls because they were being watched, so right. it just wasn't there. So, that, but that's how I thought it was going to end. Um, I get. I don't. I'm not. I'm not overly. Like I'm not. It's not like oh Ruth died. This is bullshit. I just thought it was ridiculous that none of the birds died. So basically every evil person just gets away with it. Well, I guess Navarre, the cartel, some cartel people died. But for a show that like at least was consistent throughout its three seas- three and a half seasons that people are going to die and there's consequences to these actions. I-, I just I just thought it was nuts that no no none of them died. And the car accident that happens in the first scene of four season four episode one that's supposed to be this big moment that doesn't come back until midway through the series finale 
uh, for that literally to do nothing other than them to get yeah. just some scratches and bruises. Yeah, that car wreck was stupid. I mean, like, what was the point? Like, I thought yeah, maybe she. Point. Like, it I was, thought Wendy might die. Bearing. It was stupid. What? Well, yeah, like I it made no sense. I'm just like, what no was sense. the purpose of this effing thing? Um, I had more of a problem with that than Ruth dying. To be honest with you, I was, this is uh, my my thing was like, okay, so the lady from Shaw Medical, she admits that oh i've been sitting on this the whole time yeah so she would die too yeah like you would think they'd be like well you know what uh you're, you're murdered i i obviously can't trust you so you're murdered like that would be the normal course of action from a drug cartel but they let her live somehow like well was, i guess i, I guess maybe carmilla saw the bigger picture that they needed them for the money they needed it all to work for the deal so they work every everybody that was part of this deal needed to stay alive as long as they they weren't the ones that actually killed Javi. Yeah, man, maybe cuz you wouldn't be able to ensure if if she if if they killed her, like she was the only one uh, her and her bodyguard were the only ones aware of this like deal with the cartel. Like you couldn't ensure something with their drugs. Like you couldn't ensure that supply basically if someone else took over. You mean that buyer? Mhm. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I just I just thought that that was that was kind of weak sauce, but you're probably right. Yeah. Um from there, um yeah, I, again, I didn't have any problem with Ruth dying. It's just like 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 uh the Shaw medical lady and others that that didn't die. I was like, "Okay, well, that just seems kind of a little bit selective, but yeah. Okay. Um other questions I had for you did did the ending kind of, uh, you know, a lot of people were pissed at the ending. Did it ruin the, the whole show for you? Like the very last, like, scene? Okay, so that's a good point. So, <laughs> let, let's Like, see. I guess. So, like, the the investigator, who the, the PI, who um, finally puts two and two together, and they, they kind of basically make it so that he could go be a, 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 a cop, cop again. So on he the Chicago t- force and, and, and not mess with them anymore. But it's eating away at him, his morals, and so he's like, eh, "All right, I need to, I need to." He puts two and two together about the goats and the and the cookie jar, and he, Ben's he, ashes he, are in there. Yeah, so he he finds he breaks into the birds' ha- lake house right before they move back to Chicago and basically become the Kennedys, and grabs the ashes in the cookie jar and the goat cookie jar, and he's like. Oh, there's going to be DNA in this, maybe even teeth. Like even, you guys... even though it's all it's all inadmissible now because of how he got it. But yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like, you guys are screwed and blah blah blah. And sure enough, Jonah Bird just comes out with the shotgun he got from the old, old grandpa, whatever his name was, Buddy. Buddy, yeah, and and just it fades to black, and you hear the shotgun blast. So presumably he shoots this guy. But yeah, some there's theories that he shoots her, he shoots his mom and dad. What? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I that's no. why I was gonna say the last. Like, he definitely shoots the investigator, and it's supposed to be now the kids have become now, full. Now, now the kids are well. They were they finally got out. Like they were out. They were going back to Chicago. They were gonna become the Kennedys. The kids were just going on and on about how pumped they were to like basically you know live a normal life and go get ice cream together and blah 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 and, and then like this guy's about to ruin it and the kid even the kids are like no no nothing is ruining this 
we will murder in order to get away with this, and that's that's what's happening. Yeah, I, I mean, he definitely kills the investigator. That's what I'm saying. But there's some people that are like, oh, well, he might have shot his mother because he hit. I'm like, no, he shot the investigator. No. I didn't even, I didn't even think that after it went off. I'm like, no, there's no chance. I, I they just, that's just how it ends. Um, so that scene itself didn't ruin it because people were comparing it to the Sopranos and like fade yeah, to black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, it's it's not. Um, no, it doesn't. The finale. Like, listen, I'll still... I didn't think it was terrible. It just, I didn't think it was particularly great. Yeah, and it didn't follow the script. Um, very few. You've brought up a great point. Like some of these shows, like they're so good at they can they can knock knock you know these seasons out of the ballpark, but then eventually they just kind of run out run out of steam there in their final yeah, their final the, seasons. I, the analogy I said, you know, they're they're navigating these boats through the ocean, then it's time to bring it into port, and they just they like don't know how to do it. Yeah. Um. No. I like. I'll. I'll still rewatch the series. Like. I. You know. When. I, if. I. If. I need something to watch. Like. I. I think the first three seasons were tremendous. And. and yeah, I thought Wait, most of Wendy's, the seasons. Wendy's. Uh. I thought Wendy's. Sorry to cut you off. Wendy's. I thought Wendy's. Um. Like whole like conversion and like confession. I thought it felt like abrupt. Like, she was just like evil all season and then all of a sudden she like had that like that deep confession with her and, kids in the mental institute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was an act. Just to get them back. Like, I don't even know. Oh, that. I don't you? even think that was real. Okay. I mean, they didn't really say one way or the other on that. I thought I thought it was real, but. I didn't. I just thought she was, I just, was. she's just trying to manipulate them. Huh, just been. like yeah, she could have been. The, 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 I love, I, lo- I did love the part where Marty, like, after she uh, admitted herself, Marty goes there. He's like, so, so what are you doing here? Like, what's the play? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Poor Marty. Uh, Poor yeah, I. But yeah, no, I like I'll still watch it. And I thought I thought most of season four was pretty good. I just didn't think, I just didn't think it um, it followed the formula that made the show good. The last like kind of how everybody's fates um, ended up here. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. And so we kind of touched on this. I, I have my note. What what would you have done different? Um, I, I like I said, I I would have. I think I would have just killed the Shaw medical lady and just. Um, I would have had Wendy die in the car crash, and I would be... I would have had Shaw medical lady dying and have that as a hanging Chad, as opposed to like the gunshot as a hanging Chad. Yeah, I, I if I was redoing the finale, I'd have Wendy die in the car crash because like she finally has everything she wants. She gets the kids back, the foundation. It's all happening. I would have had her die there because it's like. She got what she wanted. She felt, you know, and it's like she she would feel vindicated, uh, you know, all the time she effed over Marty's plans and all that stuff, and then she just dies in like a a random car accident. Uh, I thought that yeah, that been, that would have been good. At least that would have given that scene some meaning. And then, uh, also, why do I still use the phrase "hanging chads" like twenty years later from like the, the Al Gore, uh, George Bush thing? Like, yeah. And then I probably I, I hate myself every time I use that phrase. Anyway, go ahead. I probably would have had the cartel kill one of the one of the bird kids as um as a punishment for concealing Javi's death. So you you would have rather that the cartel found that out. I I'm I'm still fine with them finding it out. Like well, they find it out anyway, right? That that Javi, yeah, but not that the birds head. knew. Yeah, but I yeah I would have I think they I mean Camilla's smart. There's not the there's nothing the birds don't know. You know what I mean? And Marty like even even Marty's like oh absolutely not we didn't know was like I'm like Marty like you're such a bad liar. Uh yeah I would I would have had it be where they find out and they uh 
they let Marty live, but they kill one of the kids. Like, it just, again, that's, like, that's that world, like, with the cartel. Like, people, like, you're, people are, you're not getting out unscathed. And um, they just, you, I you thought You know what that, I thought was weird? Was how, uh, like, sorry, I cut you off again. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go. Um, that, so, like, Ruth gets, gets killed, right? Yes. So, dead. like. I told you means... she did. <laughs> So the only person left to run the the riverboat was that Rachel, like yeah. And Rachel was just kind of like more. She was like the moral high ground anyway. So like, uh, we're like we're just supposed to believe that Rachel's gonna be like, well, you know what? Okay, I'll just I'll just I'll just keep running the boat. What? what well, now it's the. Uh, uh, well, I assume that the FBI would have put someone in charge there. Well, I guess who would have got? I wonder who would have got all. Who, who would have inherited who's gonna get all root stuff now that's what i'm saying like there's like it's like yeah. a whole big like open-ended thing between like that and like rachel and like the shares and yeah like, well uh, i think once the fbi made it official like they cut the deal to where it's not criminal activity i, I guess they could I, i'm i'm sure it would have been worked out but good point fair fair play yeah um from there uh, just the show in general uh, who was your favorite character? Uh, I feel like that's a pretty easy answer. I'm going to go Marty. Really? Like, I, like, Ruth's easy. Like, I, I like, I, I, like, I liked Ruth. I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I went I, with Ruth as my favorite, and that's why I put, who's your second favorite character? Probably Ruth. I, I'll, I think those two were just my... They were my two favorite characters. Yeah, I, I had Marty with a question mark because who else was even a good character? Um, the guy that used to the Buddy? the guy that used to have the real estate company whose mother got hit by the the dumpster, the dump truck. Yeah, he sucked. He wasn't. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, th- none of the kids were likable. They were both annoying. Um, I thought Charlotte was at least okay for like uh, she half sucked. Why it? Why that whole thing in see was it season two where she was like gonna go live on her own? That thing she was filing against her. Fa- I don't know something stupid. Maybe Wyatt. Yeah, maybe Wyatt would be in there. I didn't like Wyatt. No, uh, I did like Darlene's husband. Okay, he was a solid character. Yeah, yeah. Mister um, Snell. Yeah, who is your least favorite character? <laughs> Are we counting Wendy? I actually had Darlene ahead of Wendy. Oh, I'd have no. Wendy may be one of the worst characters in TV history. She was, she makes well, she makes Skylar White like Saul basically like Saul Goodman. So I likeable. was gonna put Wendy, but then this is what I thought: like there were there were at least moments where I was like, okay, Wendy, fine. There was no moment whatsoever where I accepted Darlene. Just zero. Yeah, I'd probably go. I if we're going one two, it's Wendy and then Darlene, for me. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. Um, thinking back over the whole series, what do you think was your favorite scene of the series? <sighs> favorite scene of the series. Mine was probably there were a lot. I liked I liked them like shoving the the stacks of bills like in the walls. Of I the like them. Cat. Yeah, I like them shoving the bills like in in the um, crematorium and all that stuff. Um, but probably my favorite scene was the um, the um, 
cliffhanger at the end of season two, was it? When they finally get to Mexico? Three. That was was three, it three? And the lawyer gets shot and, and their blood gets splattered on them. Yeah. And then to start season four, like they're picking, picking the brains, the brains out. out. Yeah. Like, but basically both those scenes combined was just like, oh my gosh, like this is a thing. Um, uh, That was that or when um when ruth shoots uh what's his name's pecker off like that that was fun that was darlene oh yeah that's yeah, right. darlene shot it off ruth ruth yeah. was in the hospital because he beat the shit out of her yeah that's right yeah i it's i was trying to think of one like i still really like the very first episode like the scene where dale the dale... guy jump falls off the off the well plane. that was just like holy shit that um, was like okay that that grabs your attention immediately yeah now the scene like when 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 you first meet dale and he's fishing he doesn't know that they're stealing money but he's fishing with it and he and he figures it out and then he just kills everybody except for marty like that that scene right there just set the tone of the entire series oh yeah i forgot about so that really, and it's just like yeah it's you know he tell he tells the story about you know i have a I've got a mate. Yeah, you have a maid who uh, there's things missing, and you know, he's what do you do? What do you do? And everyone's like, you know, I, 15 years of service. You just, you know, I think you, I think you give him a pass. And uh, and Marty, <laughs> and he's like, that's how that's how I knew. And and uh, he's like, Marty, what would you have done? He's like, you fire her right away. You can't trust her. He's like, that's why I keep you around. Yep. So I'd I'd probably go with that just again because it just sets it sets the entire tone of the, nice, good the one. series. Um, what do you think your favorite plot line of this series was? Favorite plot line of the series. What was yours? Mine, I said, I, I think mine was everything about, like, defeating the Snells and, like, the battle with the Snells and the how they basically had to, like, set up the casino, like the, like the floating casino. I just... Uh, I, what was that season three where they did all that? It was like the it no, it was like the big. It was like the end of one into two. I I thought that was so good about like we uh, like the just the thought process of we built a casino. How how else can you wash that much money? Blah 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 blah. Like I thought that was so cool. I love that. Yeah, I probably I I, I liked. Uh, it, I I was gonna say the casino too, but mine was more in season three when they had it established and then they were working with the Kansas city mob and the dude's son gets involved and then it leads to him getting his, you know, penis blown off. Yeah. So just the, the casino and then having to, did we just, did we just, uh, did we just betray the Kansas city mob? <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought all those inner workings were pretty good. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and then, what do you think? What was your least favorite plot line of like? What was there anything that jumped out at you? It was like this was stupid. This was a waste of time. Blah blah blah. Besides, uh, besides like Charlotte with like the uh, legally separating her from her family nonsense. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. really like the whole thing with the private investigator and the father. I, I like. To introduce that in the last, like you know, yeah, last season, yeah, like I thought that was dumb, was and I nice... like, yeah, even and Javi, they... I wasn't real big into like the whole like Javi angle and like yeah, I wasn't either, um, but I get it because like they're gonna Navarro's gonna end up in jail, so you gotta have something there. But yeah, uh, that was gonna say that was probably my second. Uh... That was my second, um, but the uh... oh no, that, no, no, that was my that was my least favorite, and then. 
even the whole play with Shaw Medical, like it made sense, but I was just kind of like, I don't know. Like, you're, so you're going to take like a legal medical company and say like, we're going to send you illegal drugs and like launder it that way. I don't, it was, well, they're not laundering money that way. That's how they're they're basically selling right? them drugs. Yeah, exactly. Under the table, they're, yeah. uh, which is like laundering drugs instead of money. Oh uh, yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, that's what they're showing. Yeah, they're laundering drugs and not the cash. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I was, I was like, eh. I was like, okay, like it's fine. But I was just kind of like, you're so, like that was like the third or fourth like major plot like re like pivot, and I was like, okay, I'm a little, I'm a little like the weird yeah, and number three like maybe, the weird. Or, uh, uh, the weird sexual tension between uh, Wendy and um, who's the guy that helps Ruth get the record expunged with the judge? Oh, the lawyer or whatever. He wasn't the lawyer. No, the lawyer was like, no, the the guy who she stole. She stole that like that lawyer from the yeah. dude. The dude who has who lives on the off the. That oh big house yeah, in the yeah, lake. yeah. The guy that looks like um. He's oh, got who- the beard. He looks like Al Borland. Yeah, he looks like uh, who's the actor that that passed that was in uh, Lebowski with three I, names. I don't even know. He played he played uh, the big Lebowski's no. uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Seymour, yeah, yeah, he looked like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, I, I, nah, that's a stretch. But it's the guy. Yeah, the guy that Ruth Ruth went to him uh, to to get introduced to the judge to get a record claim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there like he was the one who helped them get all the political connections in season yeah. two for the casino. Like there was this weird sexual tension between them that was off putting, yeah. especially because Wendy's the worst. Yeah. So that's probably number three. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Um, and then any random memories that like you liked were out of, seemed out of place, anything like that? Just random memories of the series. Um. That I disliked, or, or just liked, in general, or, or like found intriguing. Anything. Um, the <laughs> the guy get the her 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 lover Wendy's lover getting thrown off the roof of Chicago was tremendous. Yeah. Uh, and also the guy, the real estate guy's mother getting hit by the dump truck was yeah, tremendous. That's <laughs> so good. Uh, Marty first getting into the Ozarks and trying to like take over these businesses. So like the strip club, the blue cat to start laundering the money. Lickety splits. Yeah. What a great splits. name. What a great uh, name. Yeah. Like that stuff, that stuff was really, really good. Um, the lawyer getting the, 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 the switch to the lawyer, getting her brains blown out uh, and it being on like Wendy and Marty's hair was great. Yeah. Great flop with Navarro. Uh, Marty just getting the shit beat out of him in that hole in Yeah, Mexico. I was thinking about that one too, yeah. That was pretty tremendous. Um, you know what? Just a random thing that, that was just right in there that was just – which like, okay, so they had the Chicago like PI, but mm-hmm. wasn't there a CIA guy too? And like I always – like to oh, me, yeah. they're the same actor. Yeah. But like the CIA – Or I don't think he was FBI. It was the – he was the – Oh, yeah, the he, FBI? He, yeah, he was, he was the gay guy who like – Somehow turned Ruth's uncle gay somehow. Oh, well, he was gay, but then he flipped them. Wait, he was he, it, the uncle was gay, but he like used that as an advantage to get close to him to like say he was going to like. Oh, I thought he like converted him somehow. No, 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 no. But yeah, he just or, gets or killed. He, he just he, he went just to gets... jail. He or he went to jail and he liked it, but then he hid it or something. Yeah, and then he got killed by Ruth's dad randomly when they were fishing. Yeah, exactly. Got his head bashing with a rock. Like, yeah. what a random thing that was, right? Like, what did that have to do with anything? 
nothing. Yeah, that definitely was. Hey, I'll tell you, my my favorite, uh, not that we did this, but my favorite episode, I think, was still the backstory episode of how Marty got involved with uh, with the cartel. What episode was that? It was season one, I think. They had, yeah, I think it was season one. They had, like, it was like a flashback. Is that episode two? No, no. It was, like, halfway through season one. Okay. It's the flashback where... Dell Dell first meets Marty and I forget who the partner was. I forget his name. Yeah, I don't um, but regard he was yeah he was he was basically the Saul Goodman of the show the partner. Uh, he meets them. Marty fi- Marty figures out like that somebody in the whoever is working for Dell is 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 stealing money because like the accounts. They get in business with them and uh, like he takes them down to that resort and they're all like yeah I mean. What's the worst that could happen? We're not doing anything. We're just moving the money. And the last, se- the last scene, they're in the country club and uh, on their like private like resort. And the the uh, the old like the, the the former money guy, they cut his eyes out because he was stealing money. Yeah. And he puts it in the uh, in the glass of scotch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was probably my favorite episode. Also, remember how Marty was having those uh, like what was it, daydreams about hookers or whatever, about like, oh, your wife can't do this or whatever. That was, was episode, episode one, one right? right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was, uh, he was in his car, Un- like, unhappy. behind a warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cranking one out. Marriage. Yeah. Oh, funny. yeah. Funny. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Funny, funny. Fun. Uh, all right. Aiming for fun. I got nothing else. That wraps up Ozark. Good show. Recommend everyone watch it if you haven't watched it. Um, but that's it. That is it. Um, Ruth getting waterboarded was pretty wild, too. So many good parts. Yeah. And like I said, love the name Lickety Splits. Um, On that note, Drew, as per usual, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count, toss it out, everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd, get you that second round. Go on and throw it out, talk about anything that makes you get loud.